This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan Laplante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band are playing their last cards they've been dealt. Eli tried to heal Morgan further while hoping their alliance with Liz or Lizardman will pay off. Atticus negotiated with the King and the Party Planner. And Valentine made his report to the Space Marine Forest Pollard. As the end of the Celestial Season closes in, will the team find a way into the Cloud Palace? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. Well... At least it wasn't an execution. Lucius Valentine. Valentine, you have managed to not get murdered in a basement. Uh, This isn't the type of thing that normally would be high on a list of things to celebrate, but having just laid out a number of conspiracies that you and your compatriots are vaguely implicated in to a giant space marine whose allegiances to the crown are somewhat questionable, it was a 50-50. We were dealing with a 50-50 bet there. But you uh, laid everything out for him. He has left. Uh, you are left alone. Uh, Atticus, I think we can safely say you come to join Valentine after this report has been given. But I want to give you guys a moment to catch up, given that you've just had kind of a major encounter there, Valentine. Valentine is packing up his whole report. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Atticus will... Uh, uh, come down the the steps i think likely being the lord of the manor will it will have been made known to him i assume that forrest pollard was here and then left so yeah he's kind of i think rushing down the stairs into the basement just to make sure that uh his inquisitor is intact and not a stain (laughs) on the fucking floor and ceiling and walls uh come rushing down a little out of breath a little short of breath and just say uh so 
Yes, I have survived this encounter. He came in threatening to kill me and left with an attaboy. So I think overall it's gone as well as it can. I don't know if he's going to be resolving any of these conspiracies. He did not seem interested in them in the least. However, I do believe we now know what the seed looks like. It's the one part of the story that I withheld. Appears to be a black gem, somewhat shiny, maybe shards, maybe in multiple parts. If you could do me a favour, we need to go into that room where the Space Marine came from uh, and break open anything that may contain shiny black shards. Yes, sir, right away. Uh, And Atticus will head over to the bookshelves and carefully move them as we will likely need to cover this up again afterwards. Uh, But he will, uh, he'll just start going to work, just smashing away at, at anything that looks like a a container or anything like that in this valentine wants to scan the wall maybe a space marine dug out a brick and put it back there's options like we got to see if we can find it okay so let's go ahead with a roll for this i will say atticus in the room tank pretty much smashed anything that was smashable Mm -hmm. in his attempts to get out Sure. A little bit like a like a trapped animal. So there aren't really any containers or anything to smash because they have either been smashed or eaten over time. Um, so there's maybe like scraps of wood here and there where there would have been crates once, but they've been they've been smashed to smashed to shit. I'll just but, sift through rubble then too. Sure. Well, and 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 you know, punching walls and that sort of thing, you you can certainly do. So let's go ahead. This is a weird one. Perception seems like the wrong piece for this. Perception is the using an aspect skill for yeah. Valentine, maybe for scouting purposes. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's go perception then for you, Ryan. And for Tyler, let's what, say your the... punching stuff is is okay. a boost. Okay. I was what gonna I was saying? gonna uh I was gonna just just jam with you, rap with you on how this works out, but if you got it as like a boost, that's good with me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where I want to start. And then we'll, Sounds we'll good. see see where yeah, we yeah. get to. Okay, so Valentine, I'm going to say difficulty of two. The walls are thick, but there's also not a lot of okay. machinery down here. It's it, not that it predates technology because Warhammer, but it's not. There's no fucking wiring or anything, so you're not getting the the sort of interference you would normally get. Get a boost for Atticus. If you see even a hint of a signal, he can just punch mm-hmm. around it. Anything else you want to make a case for here? I think that's it. I think this is just, it's a Hail Mary. He's not expecting to find anything here, but who knows if there's a tunnel behind one of these bricked up walls that a Marine might not know about. How did he get in here? We're missing information that could be useful. Sure. Okay. All righty. Four successes and three advantage. Hey, nice. All right. So scanning meticulously through this sort of cold cellar, you, you know, floor to ceiling, like you're painting the walls, but just with your auspics, being very, very diligent, having Atticus punch chunks out of the wall here and there, almost like when you're trying to find a stud, but rather than tapping on the wall, he's just punching through the wall to see what's there. This feels very much like it's part of the foundation of the building. So you're not punching through to tunnels, you're basically punching through to like more permacrete and then beyond that into dirt. So Atticus continues to punch, you continue to scan, but there's absolutely no trace of anything hidden in the walls. Great. The final step he'd take is collecting some bleach and pouring it over any blood on the floor or elsewhere, just so there's no proof that a space marine was ever here in case the king decides to be like, fuck these guys, because then all the proof is removed from this room. What? Do you think he would do that? 
I 100% think he would. He's a coked up psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I think you okay. could do that now. I spoke with him recently. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So have completed your sort of small investigation. Is there anything you two would want to confer about before we move on to the executions? Yeah, Atticus would want to catch catch him up, catch Valentine up on the conversations he's had. So he would just say, uh, well, now that that's all settled, uh, you should know that uh spoke with the king. He uh he hung up the call on me. I'm not sure how he feels about me. Uh but uh he did say he'll be doing the executions uh himself uh tonight. And that uh, instead he'll be hunting someone for sport tomorrow in the garden maze. He made it sound like it might be one or more of the leaders of the rebels. He seems to know who they are from questioning the assassins. Uh, one of them is already dead from questioning. And the other one is being worked over currently. Uh, with the hunt going on in the garden, he has given me a seat next to the Duke tomorrow for that bit of entertainment i suppose it's a good thing and in addition to that i have let uh the rattling know that we're using the garden for a hunt and that the house is being set up uh to be appraised as part of a little bit of an event to be a dowry excellent so your conversation with the king sounds fruitful if he's willing to carry out the hunt here then at least there's a piece of entertainment a time with the duke may indeed prove priceless in terms of this exchange if he hung up rudely he's powerful that gives him the ability to do that it's not necessarily a review of your performance in terms of the event it sounds like you've done an excellent job working with birino birino yes sir um you're a bit more worldly than i am sir is a uh, paper mache uh, is it is that fancy or good for a, a noble to have? In what sense? Uh, as like a big sun rising up over the house and then turning to show my big face and the Duke's big face on the paper mache sun. It was top of the list on about eight different paper mache based options that non-paper mache options no not that i i could tell sir really after i said no paper mache he said well like what do you, what do you want then like he had no nothing else to offer but paper mache so i don't know whether paper that is made wet and then dried again as i understand it is good it sounds bad sir but Yes, it's quite, quite terrible. Quite terrible. I, I would say embarrassing right. to to the level of I wouldn't do it at a children's party in this company. Well, then I'll go talk to him then again, I suppose. What, what <laughs> would, would you like be... me to go talk to him? Uh, I think that might be advisable in this circumstance. Well, y y yes, sir. If, if you find it advisable, then I, I agree. Yes, would you like to attend to watch me dress down Birano or to perhaps enforce authority or would you rather i just make this go away i think uh i'll take this as a learning opportunity sir thank you i'll uh, follow you excellent please come with me atticus you take three strain from sure. fucking up that hard in front of the inquisitor oh. feel feel real not great about that 
Valentine, you lead the charge out to the grounds to dress down Birno, who is overseeing the construction of large hooped frames on which to sling the paper mache. And you can see there are several large washing, like, you know, barrels that have basically been cut in half, but very, very wide, uh, filled with water with just a bunch of book pages floating in them. Uh, Gary and some of the other assistants are just ripping more pages out of books and throwing them in the water. And of course, dumping in flour because you need some flour. Paper mache don't fly. Uh, and they're, they're, there's one, you know, one over each of these three big tubs, someone just stirring it with a, with a large sort of butter churn style spoon. Everyone stop what you are doing right now. Uh, and I'm going to storm over and I want to take a look at the books that have been strewn casually across the grass. Tom, I have a list of appraisals of things. How much were these books worth? Uh, not non-zero amount of money. They weren't expensive or were they expensive? Oh, they, they were mid-expensive. Uh, they, they aren't cheap. They were worth a non-zero amount of money, but they're not priceless. They're not, you know, this is the first edition of, I don't know, the Emperor... <laughs> Emperor and me, Rabute Gilliman's <laughs> Adventures in the Imperium. Like it's, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's not nothing. Who told you that you could destroy the library belonging to Balansong Manor to make this monstrosity? And they all point at Birno, comes forward and says, well, uh, hang on. In fairness, uh, I didn't say use books. I said, find some paper and look. You know, desperate times, desperate measures. But I assure you, the Lord has told me that he is very excited about the sun situation we're building. So, really, can you put a Draw price me a picture of it? our Lord right now. Use this paper. And he reaches over and tears a page out of a book and holds it out to Birino. Uh, and Birino shrugs and says, I, uh, oh, oh, okay, all right. It's a bit of a waste of time, but sure. And he proceeds to draw a fucking pitch-perfect Atticus. Like, this is the equivalent of, you know, just throwing a filter, a sketched filter over a picture of Atticus. Like, he's like, uh, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen that much, so it might be a little bit off, but th this guy. Wonderful. Do Duke Wickstrop. Does another page. Does an immaculate Duke Wickstrop. Holds him up. There's a twinkle in his eyes. He's got a far-off expression like that Che Guevara shirt. These are quite good. That... He says, pointing to the giant hooped sun, is going to look like a child's party failure. Why do you think paper mache is appropriate to the highest art form of this world? Oh, uh, well, that's uh, it's a pretty easy answer, actually. Because, uh, you know, uh, when, when you only have a, bit, a little bit of time, a little bit of time, uh, you got to get a whole new party together. Because let's say your other party got canceled. Uh, you got to make do with what you got. And this is the, the fastest way I could make something unnecessarily large and impressive there, champ. What were your other ideas? Well, I had a bunch of other paper mache ones, none of which the Lord seemed particularly invested in. Uh, however, I do have a couple others. He just didn't ask. I crossed eight off my list, and he didn't bother to ask about the other three. Tell me the three. All right. So, you've already got your maze. you got your big mansion. I'm thinking people love some pyrotechnics, and it seems to me that the Van Houtens have another mansion. So, I'm thinking we just blow this one up. Big pyrotechnics show. Everyone's very impressed. Next idea. Great. So, you got this big house, right? You got that big maze over there. Amazing. But everyone here, they're used to that kind of stuff. So, I'm thinking, we move it. It's not even in the mansion. It's not even in the maze. It's not even on the grounds. It's in the woods out back. We throw a big woods party. Everyone's dancing around the woods. We can set, set a bunch of bonfires. I can string some paper mache up in the trees. 
You know, really make it a kind of cool forest gig. Not a lot of people here get out in the country. I think we could really play that element up. You know, revitalization, just like the Lord said. And why is there paper mache in the woods? Oh, because we can't get proper decorations in the right amount of time. The rest of the nobility have already bought them all up. Venom Blight's used them all for the final celebration there. There's not a lot of stuff we can buy. Most of it's already been used, so I'm just making do with what we got. I don't want the Lord to look like a chump because he doesn't have any decorations, so I'm just making ones. Just because we can't buy it doesn't mean we can't have it. You realize if you make pathetic decorations, that's actually worse than not having no decorations. You want to do nothing rather than something poorly. Forgive my candor, but how many parties have you been to here? Forgive my candor, but who do you work for? I don't work for you. I'm just saying, I've never been to one with no decorations. That sounds like it's going to be a mighty big problem. Even if the decorations idea. look like shit, at least there's decorations. Third idea. Well, the third idea is that we created a series of banners, just kind of festoon them around the, the mansion, make it look a little bit different from the outside. See, so take some of these likenesses and dramatic poses, kind of recapture some of the glories that, that we've already seen from uh, Lord Van Houten here, and we just make them very dramatic, like the like in the old ways. But it's kind of... It's kind of old-fashioned to just have pictures, you know, well-drawn pictures of somebody up. It's much better if there's some spectacle. But, hey, you know, if you want to go real basic, we could just do a series of banners depicting all of his great victories and, uh, I don't know, maybe make a statue of him with that giant arm looking dramatic. But What's the statue you, made out impressive. of? What is the statue made out of? <laughs> what do you think? Wood! We'll carve it! We're doing this third thing. Yes, carve the statue. We're going to have you draw. Clearly, you draw very well. Do all the banners. Show the victories. And also, show up the king and Duke Wickstrop. Let's draw some clear comparisons that glory can be brought to that family from this family. All right. Well, I guess there's no counting for taste. I'll make all these boring-ass old things that no one's going to care about or pay attention to. But if you just want an immaculately made statue and a bunch of drawings festooned across a building, I guess we could do that. Can I make the clothes... Out of paper mache. If you make anything out of paper mache, I will break both of your arms. <laughs> all right there, champ. Looks like we're not doing any more paper mache. Hey there, guys. I need you to take all that soggy paper and go dump it somewhere unimportant where it's out of the Lord's view and out of this man's view because I'm scared he's going to break my arms. Excellent. Do well. Uh, it's the only way I do, champ. Based on my experience, that may not be true. Do well this time, and he's going to turn to leave. And you just see Birno turn, you know, Ozymandias looking on his works, crumbling, and just shoulders drop. He says, all right, well, break up the frames. Yes, the sun won't rise tomorrow, and they get to work breaking down the frames. And as they step into the house, Valentine will look to Atticus and say, my lord, don't entirely blame yourself for leaning to paper mache. He is tremendously convincing about it. However, it is insane when you really think about it. I, we're not in the basement, so Atticus will just curtly nod and say, Yes, much of this uh, is uh, quite unusual. Agreed, sir. Agreed. I think your tastes and overall choices for this event will truly make it shine. I believe Duke Wickstrop will... Appreciate all of your efforts. Yes, well, he is hoping. After tonight, this whole world will love you. And with that, the royal guards arrive to escort you to the center of town, where a demonstration is set to take place. Hey. 
Hey, it's Del. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to The Valentine Heresy. And if you are so inclined, we at Dum Dums and Dice have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. There's tiers from $1 to $25 a month, which gets you super cool stuff and also helps support creatives like us. Uh, specifically us, you know, doing this stuff. For just $1 a month, you can join our Discord, which is for patrons only, but you gain access to it forever. You can come hang out with us and talk about 40k and share your models and be super nerdy because honestly, we're all super nerdy there. So if you feel so inclined and would like to support the shows, come on over and join us. Uh, It's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. That's right. Just type it type it in the search bar uh patreon.com slash dumdumdice and we'll see you over there thanks morgan eli atticus and valentine you find yourselves back together oh my god ish in the same vicinity as all of the people who participated in the hunt are gathered up in the the center of town. A large platform has been raised, not with paper mache, I should add, uh, has been raised with wood and a series of headsman's blocks have been set up. Uh, There are a number of lower class folk uh, kind of on their knees uh, over top of these stumps and a number of royal guard with axes. You note though that the axes are all mismatched And it seems a little off. A video screen has been erected over top, sort of overseeing all of it. And beyond this sort of large platform, you can see other people have been gathered. There are also some people from the hunting adventure missing. Um, And so the video screen jumps to life and uh, King Fitzgerald shows up, as always, and says, hello, everybody. Citizens of the society, citizens of Greybridge. And you notice he's dressed in finery now. No more hunting gear. He actually looks like a king, if somewhat still like pitted eyes. And like he's got like bags under his eyes from coming down off of not sleeping in, you know, space cocaine. And he just (laughs) says, I've gathered you all here for a long overdue demonstration, I think, because I'm a fun guy. And I think you all know that. And I use the power of my cloud palace to change the seasons for you, to give you just this special time once every so often where we don't have to be out in the rain and the gray, where we can enjoy seasons this planet doesn't see otherwise. I bring that to you. That's me. I do that. No one else does that. I do that. This planet is mine. And the way it works, works. And if you don't like it, you can try and win the celestial season. You can come up with something interesting that the planet needs. Or you can shut the fuck up about it. But you see, when too many of you don't shut the fuck up about it, we end up with a problem like this. Today, during the hunt, the most sacred part of the celestial season, aside from the fucking marriage ceremony or whatever, a bunch of the citizens of Greybridge took it upon themselves to target their betters, thinking that the hunt would provide them with a sufficient amount of cover to just knock off a few nobles here and there. Before you, 
and he kind of gestures beneath him, are the frontline perpetrators of this. Above you, and three airships slowly descend out of the sky with landing platforms down and somewhat scared-looking nobles at the edge of the landing platforms. Above you are the ones who made it happen. A bunch of the lesser houses who stood no chance of rising in the celestial season. Despite the fact that, you know, they put on a good enough show, maybe they could have found a better marriage. But instead, they decided to try and kill some of you. If it wasn't for the acts of Lord Van Houten, a true soldier and warrior for, you know, Great Bridge and I guess the Imperium, uh, these assassins could have killed the best of us, the best that Greybridge has to offer. Luckily, as a trophy for me, he brought in some very talkative folks who told us all about how the working class and the lower houses were joining forces to try and make things better for themselves. Well, here's the thing. I told you before that I can stop the rain. But did you know that I can start it too? And immediately Royal Guard just start booting nobles off the ramp of the uh, airships above you. Uh, and he gestures broadly to the, the block as the screaming people kind of fall, uh, bouncing off buildings and kind of exploding on the pavement. Oof. And he says, uh, now normally I would have my space marine deal with these folks, but he's busy, I guess. So... Here are some of my best and brightest. You know what? They're all going to take a take a swing <laughs> at being headsmen. So without further ado, one at a time, we got about 60 people to get through. So this is going to take a while. But I want you all to watch as this rebellion drops one head after another and one noble asshole after another. And remember, I belong in the sky. You belong beneath me. And if you try and change that, this happens. And immediately heads just start getting chopped. Um, people are throwing up uh, in the crowd. This is a, a grim ceremony. And it is notable that Fitzgerald himself is not here. But yeah. anyway, you guys have to sit through a lot of this. Uh, but it does give you a chance to confer slightly if you want to. Sorry, do you mean Duke Wickstrop isn't here? No, King Fitzgerald is only on the screen. He's not he's physically all, okay. present. Got it. Thank you. Sorry. I oh, thought... and yeah, Duke Wickstrop is nowhere. He's also not ship. present. Yeah. Right. Okay. Valentine's got cover to maintain, baby. Hell no, he doesn't know how does. they've been compromised or in what way. So he's there. I will flag one thing that I realized would have come up in conversation because he desperately needs to tell Atticus this for Atticus to be able to maintain cover. So not here would have been relayed on the way in writing or something so the Royal Guard couldn't see. He just needs to let him know that they robbed us, according to the story, and the weapons were stolen heirlooms of fallen comrades of his. So if the king or somebody else talks to him about the weapons... That's our cover story for the weapons. But no, he it, Valentine is just in full disdain, disgust, treating them like criminals who have robbed his lord. Just palpable rage that they have not been arrested is all anyone would get off of Rabute seeing them also at an event. Yeah, yeah. I think that the same is back there. Morgan would be with Eli doing the same cover, but Morgan's pretty beat up. She would be using Eli, like helping her stand. So she's she's kind of pretending to be affected by some of this and just doing like, oh, no, <laughs> like, like very fake. But again, doing the thing of like, I'm going to look at him, but not look at him. I'm going to Lord Van Houten, but, but but we're awkward. So it's like faking the 
the angst between us, our groups, basically. And Valentine's just staring through his daredevil mask, but also being like, okay, Morgan physically is now able to move, did not die at Hunt. They have new clothes. They must have found a place to stay. I don't think she's betraying us because she could have done it more cleverly, but I don't know what the play is here. So he just has to stay in character. Eli just has his, he's just standing up tall, arms folded, letting Morgan (laughs) lean on him and taking deep, satisfied breaths of (laughs) finally something happening. (laughs) This is a familiar familiar sounds and smells. These are smells of comfort. (laughs) Screams of, it's good. It's good for him. There is a commotion behind you as this this grim spectacle continues. uh, And you turn to see um, Bobberstein and his entourage trying to push through the guards at the back out. And you hear him just kind of over the commotion. And there's music playing. Like, he's playing, like, you know, Fitzgerald's just pumping, like, the anthem of Greybridge through this whole this whole thing. So it's a big, sweeping, orchestral, very bombastic um, tune that's just kind of on repeat as all these, these executions occur. Um, but Bobberstein is pushing against royal guards. He's got some of his people pushing against their people. And you overhear him say, look, I have an appointment I need to make tonight. So I need you to get, I, I understand what's going on here. I had nothing to do with this. I've seen it. I know it's happening. You need to let me through. And the royal guards are, of course, just as unmovable to him as they were to Atticus. But is that something you want to investigate? Or is there oh, anything you try to observe? Yeah. Like what's- Valentine data slate up this is like let's get tape of this let's see who's going he's not in a position where he could approach politically but this is like oh let's get it on on tape that this guy wanted to leave this sounds great great okay so in in, in an officious he looks like he's typing but it's that (laughs) same way of like pretending to text on your phone while photographing a celebrity at a restaurant like he's just doing that (laughs) gotcha so you're recording there i'm not gonna make you roll for that i think that's easy enough to do during this morgan can i get a perception or that's what I was thinking is she would just generally be watching yeah, everything. But. Yeah, I would say perception. I would also take streetwise, to be honest, because I'll leave it up to you. Perception would be I'm actively looking around. Streetwise, I think, would be the soft focus. It's like hard focus or soft focus. If it's hard focus, I am trying to ascertain one stuff. Then mm. perception, if it's more of a I kind of am just going to soft focus and see what rolls over me, then streetwise. But I'll let you pick which one works Great. best for you. I think streetwise because it's the same thing of there's so much commotion and yep. so many noises and stuff going on that it's the general, can I get something that sticks out to me or even people's faces or something? Yeah, I also yeah. feel like that's probably more Morgan style, which is like, mm-hmm. I'll just go sit in a crowded room and listen and yes. I'll probably pick something up rather than like, I will look around the, the room and see what's what. Exactly, exactly, okay. yeah. So I'm going to say difficulty of three. Okay. Three purple. Uh, you get a same thing we had with Eli earlier, boost for crowd and setback for crowd. Okay. I'm going to give you a boost for the bar that we literally just described. I think that's a, this is a skill set you've honed over years mm-hmm. of both being on the run and just running a bar. This is yeah, how being in these loud work. spaces and trying to anticipate danger or mm-hmm. things of note. Any other, anyone want to make a case for anything else? That makes sense to me. It's just, what can we get out of these situations? Which is kind yeah. of where Morgan is generally. Like, we're we're fucked, but maybe something can come from this, you know? Maybe not 100% fucked. Like, 80% fucked. Okay, cool. Yeah. So go ahead and roll your dice, please. 
five advantages. Interesting. With five advantage, Morgan, you start to get a sense of the crowd. Mm-hmm. You don't pick up anything specific, but you start to understand the ebb and flow of it a bit. You understand who is so horrified by the spectacle occurring. Nothing like this has happened in Greybridge in a long time. There was the Voidstain Rebellion back before their name was Voidstain. But beyond that, a spectacle of this mm. nature and this brutality is not common here. As we've described, you know, if someone committed a murder in the middle of Bridgerton, everyone in Bridgerton would be deeply not okay. If it wasn't an honor duel or some shit, if it was literally just a brutal murder in front of them, they right. would not be cool with it. So that's going on. But beyond that, with no successes, I can't give you any additional information. But with that amount of advantage, I think it would be safe to say you're setting yourself up for something. What do you mm-hmm. think Morgan would like to try and dig deeper on, if anything? Honestly, if that's all I'm getting from the general sense of these people in this situation, it feels like, okay, that's mostly what we know about all of this. So if anything, I think I want to pass the advantage on to Valentine and in some way try to confer that, like, we are still on side, like we are still helping, whether that's like I've walked towards a direction and and bumped uh, Eli into someone that then shows someone else Hmm. that's standing behind so that he can see or something like that of just. I am still trying to help okay. in some so way. So running interference for Valentine while he's observing Yes. Bobberstein. Okay, I like that. Eli, I don't think I'm going to have you roll because you're just a thousand yard stare. This is just you're happy things are happening. and Or yeah. you, do you think you'd be actively taking in the scene or is it just kind of um, like... Uh, it would be... There's a lot happening. So Eli's training of just kind of keeping track and making sure... Making sure that the chaos is proceeding as chaotically as expected and there's nothing, no patterns emerging in the chaos that would suggest that there is danger to in any direction other than the people who are being punished. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And so far there there is no no additional danger that you can see. Cool. Atticus, how about you? Um, I think uh, under the ruse of having a Lord's authority, I might go over to Bobberstein, Robbie Bobberstein, uh, so that my right-hand man here can also accompany me and get closer and more accurately capture what's going on and might uh, even be able to, uh, 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 I might speak with Robbie as well, depending on how his little uh stunt Hmm. plays out here sure so you approach and he can't get past these these guards until the spectacle is done and as you approach he just kind of uh turns and uh like his eye is narrow at you as you approach just uh, i don't i don't have time for whatever you want right now what's all this what's what's going on here it's none of your concern van houten i'm just trying to make a speedy exit from this nonsense i've got somewhere to be Nonsense. This is the mass execution of the people who killed Lady Bullensong. I thought that might mean something to you, Bobberstein. Oh, it's the mass execution of the people who killed Lady Bullensong, huh? Well, that's weird because you're here and he's there. And he points at uh, Valentine and he points over at Morgan and 
Oh, no, I guess he, yeah, he'd probably put over at Morgan Daly. He's like, and they're over there. So is it really? Is it really all the people responsible for Lady Balansong are up there? No. I think a bunch of other unrelated assholes are up there, and there's more shit still going on. But again, and it takes what are you saying? Breath. Oh, I think I'm being pretty clear here in what I'm saying. No, no. But clearer. Yeah, for everyone to hear. What is it that you think is going on? And he just shakes his head and he says, look, man, I'm trying to put all this behind me. I'm trying to be... I'm looking for looking at the future, not the past. And it deeply pains me that I don't think the ones responsible are getting punished right now. But that doesn't matter because Gwen's dead and that's what matters. So that already happened. That's done. And then he steps forward and just kind of leans in close to you and says, but between you and me, you fucking know what you did. Mr. I, Executor. I competed. That were, that estate was willed to me by mm -hmm. Lady Balinsol. Now, if you think this goes deeper or if there's more to uncover here, Greybridge is my home too, as much as it is yours. I may not have been here as long as you have, but this is my home, my ancestral home, and I will protect it with my life. That's something I don't think you know much about. And uh, he kind of like smiles sadly at that. He says, yeah, no, you're right about that, but I'm working on fixing that. That's why I need to go. Well, so, maybe we can help each other. Yeah. Do you want to go punch a royal guard for me and I'll just walk out of here? <laughs> no, I'm afraid things that I punch tend to uh, not get up again. And that would be uh, bad for all of us here, I think. Right. Gestures around to all of the guards. You may not have noticed the other day, but... Uh, I also tried to do a bit of what you're doing here, and I had about, I don't know, 11 guns pointed at me, just for speaking. I raised a hand, not even this one. Shots fired off, nearly killed my man here. Yeah, was that the hunt? That was at the hunt. I wasn't at the hunt. Why no, weren't you at the me. hunt? Because I've got better shit to do. More important shit to do. Now, please get the fuck out of my way. I really need to go. Whatever, I don't want to be your friend. I I don't understand any of this. I don't understand what you're trying to do here, man, okay? Uh, so you can tell he's getting more agitated, but you're also making some good points. Tyler, can you go ahead and roll me a social skills check? Atticus's favorite. Yeah, well, thank goodness I'm not wearing my armor with intimidating design, because uh, that usually works against me when I'm trying to charm people. It makes me seem crazy. It helps with coercion, but not with charm. <laughs> uh, so what are we looking at, sir? Yeah, uh, it does sound like you're going with charm, to be honest. Charm, sure. Yeah, so you're, charm you're, you're playing at level presence. with them. You're you're trying to commiserate okay. with them. You're trying to find common ground. Okay, I have my presence stats up in the in the pool. Uh, what else are we throwing in there? Uh, I will give you one for telling the truth. A boost, okay. Yep, boost for just straight up telling the truth. Okay. In terms of difficulty, this is going to be two red, one purple. Two red, one purple. Got it. Ooh. I will give you a setback for the fact that he clearly thinks you killed Balansong. I will give you a boost for explaining that you also tried to fight your way out of or tried to push your way past Royal Guards and failed. I think okay. even if he's suspicious of you, there's that's an odd detail. Okay. Anyone want to make an argument for anything else? We have a ton of advantage floating around, but unfortunately it's uh, attached to Valentine right now. 
my uh, my motive here is just to get this guy to keep running his mouth, to just keep mm -hmm. talking, because I know this is being captured and that we can kind of dissect this at a, at a later time. But yeah, I'm just trying to keep talking, man. What else is on your mind? Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. I think that's it for me. Okay. Then I am rolling. This is uh, skewed towards losing, but stranger things have happened. It's a wash. Ooh. Completely Whoa. zeroed results. One failure, one success. One, two, three, four advantage. One, two, yeah, four threat. Yeah, yeah. Complete wash. Okay. Damn. So he just shakes his head and says, please, just, just leave me alone. And he goes back to kind of the corner he was in with his, with his crew, sits down kind of petulantly on a folding chair or something and just continues to watch as nobles rain from the sky and peasants are executed. Um, just clearly in a funk. Just He's decided he has to yeah. wait it out and he's, okay. he's going to wait it out. Then still like under the mask of Van Houten, I'll turn to Rabute and say, what exactly do you make of that? That all this is nothing and he doesn't understand it. He's his house has been here for generations. What was he talking about? He said a great many things, my lord, hopefully because he was upset. The ramifications of some of his claims would be damning if they were shared in public. So may he keep it to himself, and we may both think on these words. Both think on these words and decide whom we should share them with, and why and how. I agree. Hmm. Strange. Little fellow he is, though. Yes, very disappointing, my lord, I'm sure. A few more minutes go by, and the executions are complete. Fitzgerald has been watching from the view screen the whole time. As the last axes fall, he looks dead into the camera and says, This is not how I wanted to end the day. We were supposed to have a party. It was going to be so very fun. Instead, I had to kill a bunch of you. I don't want to have to do that again. So please, no more rebellious thoughts. Let's just enjoy this. Enjoy the celestial season. It's already so fucking short. In any case, tomorrow, Cloud Palace will be working overtime to bring fall. And then we will have our lovely show of art and our party at our dearly departed Gwendolyn Ballonsong's Manor hosted by our erstwhile large-armed friend, Lord Van Houten. If anyone fucks this up further, you will meet the same fate as those you see around you. Okay? Okay. Everybody go the fuck home. Stop wrecking this for me. And we will see you tomorrow for a better day. And with that, the Royal Guard steps aside. The curfew will commence once the sun goes down. The real sun, not the paper mache one. But the guards following everyone everywhere piece seems to be resolved now that the people behind the assassinations have been executed. The crowd does not know what to do with itself. People are really, really taken aback and haunted. The place is a mess. They didn't drop people on you, obviously, but close enough to you that there is... You're all lightly in the splash zone if you're on the edges there. <laughs> so it is uh, a grim day 
in Greybridge as everyone sort of starts to depart and make their way home. Is there anything any of you want to do on your way out? Atticus is basically just going to keep in mind maintaining the cover of like complete animosity towards Rawls and Clarence. Uh, Mm -hmm. If there's any interaction there, he despises them and will not like give them the time of day. And yeah. Great. Um, As the the crowd starts to disperse, uh, Fernelius Venom Blight, the party planner and his entourage of like the servitor and the two sycophants comes over and he, he just smiles sort of witheringly at you. Uh, Atticus and says, so I hear that you hired the Rattling to plan your party. Is that true? Yes, it's quite a shame we weren't able to retain your services. <laughs> I would never. Well, and he, he just reaches up, um, almost goes to pat you on the head and then thinks better of it. So there's a weird like, good boy. I was going to say, that's where Valentine half. catches his wrist. That's just the hand goes to Pat and just gets frozen <laughs> in place. And Valentine uses his augmentic hand. So there's a little bit of a sharp grip on there. He's not going to do any damage, but it's not going to move. Yeah, fair enough. He says, uh, forgive me. I was being perhaps too personal with my handiwork. <laughs> and the sycophants laugh and the uh, the servitor just blares out that horrible binary like, ah, ha, ha. like yeah binary laugh to quote an overperfumed ass kisser i would never and i'm gonna leave <laughs> and, and i'm gonna hold him in place <laughs> while atticus walks away until atticus is clear and then release the arm and turn to follow and he just like cradles his hand and again as we've determined with many of these nobles unaware that he can bleed his own blood <laughs> um, and he, he looks down at his hand and just huffs um morgan and eli uh, as you're leaving can you please roll me a perception check i want one yeah. from each of you it's a difficulty of one red one purple get a setback for the crowd noise i think that's it unless you want to make a case for anything Nope, that seems like normal. Okay, mm-hmm. go to just roll it. I'm scared. I got four successes. <laughs> I got one advantage, two failures. Okay. Um, Eli, you're now on full alert to crowd yeah. control, so you're not really paying attention to anything other than all the bodies that are suddenly around both of you and suddenly very aware of how exposed, weaponless, and hated the two of you are. <laughs> so you start kind of Mr. Presidenting Morgan yeah. out of there. Uh, but Morgan, you are trained on crowds mm-hmm. and you spent a lot of time just absorbing information from crowds. So as Eli starts to kind of hustle you out of the crowd into the streets back towards the boarding house, which admittedly is not far from here. Okay. Given I was wondering how we got here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you catch something that sends a, a chill up your spine as on the wind you hear a very distinctive laugh, a gargling, electronically broken up laugh. And as Eli kind of hurries you out, you look back over your shoulder to see Valentine holding Vernelius Venomblight's hand, Atticus saying something and turning to walk away, and a servitor who is laughing in a deeply familiar way. You recognize the laugh of Lizzo Lizardman. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features the voices of players Brian LaPlante, Tyler Hewitt, 
Laura Hamstra and Del Borvik, alongside Game Master Tom McGee. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com. That's D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ad breaks use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. For all things Dum Dums and Dice, including merchandise and how to join our Patreon, you can visit dumdumdice.com or find us on social media at dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christopher Little, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, Waffle Marine, Dagger Rain, Rob L, Dia De Los Hoodless, Squishy Werewolf, Remy, Funky Head, Nomad, the Wise Paladin of the Badlands, Accent Therapeutic Services in Florence, Kentucky, Lale, Shulzari, The Long Family, Jordan Oliver, Richard Wright, Brittany Fenwick, Alex Parr, Old Man Mojo, Dragonfly, The Body Barrelers, Megan Werner, A Man Out of Time, Curtis at FingertechRobotics.com, Panda24NN, Shendra D, Your Homeboy Bones, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at Patreon.com slash DumDumDice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hi, we're the narrators of Midst. What's Midst? It's very simple. It's a weird, surrealist, fourth-wall-breaking, reality-bending, science-fantasy space western about a small, doomed planet floating in a cosmic ocean of spooky darkness. Upon whose alien landscape an ensemble cast of characters, including a crotchety outlaw, a freakishly virtuous cultist, and a diabolical businessman, make awful decisions and fight like hell to survive when the moon falls out of the sky and a large number of terrible things happen in rapid succession. It's exciting, it's funny, it's scary. It's got neat sound, weird music, amazing visuals, and every episode comes with bonus content you can read and examine. Midst is performed solely by yours truly as the three of us narrate all the action, play all of the characters, and bend a lot of the rules about how telling stories is normally supposed to work. Midst is pretty fun, very strange, and it feels like VR for your brain. We believe you'll enjoy it, or maybe you won't, but there's really only one way to find out. You're going to have to listen to Midst. Midst.